heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today. It is Tuesday morning, the 12th of July. A very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network through Kingaroy 4SB, Roma and 4ZR, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI on Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach, 4GC Charters Towers and the Hot Country Network. A very good morning to you. Wooshka is the place to find us if you've missed any of our shows or get in contact with me, ben.dobbin at ruralqldtoday.com.au. So much to get through this morning. Big show. We're going to talk more footy mouth. We'll catch up and talk with Lachlan Miller as well about what is going on from a state level. We'll talk with Simon Gleeson, the president the CEO of the Drought Master Society. We'll talk with operations manager for for Golf Australia, Luke Bates, the Outback Masters playing, the Tara Festival is on, and much, much more. Big show, rural Queensland today. Let's get into it. We're going to talk FMD and why a charity are the ones helping out Qantas in raising awareness for their patrons. The place has gone nuts. This is rural Queensland today. Welcome back to rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. The foot and mouth uh, disease is so real and so scary that the fact that we are hearing reports now that there are people who are flying back into this country and are not being checked with their footwear and not being given the correct biosecurity protocols to come back in and declaring where they're from is nothing short of very, very disturbing. Only yesterday I received a phone call and it was suggested to me that there was a plane land over the weekend back from Indonesia and Bali where there was absolutely no biosecurity whatsoever and nobody's footwear was checked whatsoever. We heard from David Littleproud yesterday around this. I have spoken to Murray Watt away from this show and the message I got from him yesterday was that he was going to get his media advisor to call. We'd reached out again and we had no response. We will continue to try and get the National Agricultural Minister on this on this show. We are going to face this head on. But the fact is that now we're seeing that the organisation Buy From The Bush are among the organisations raising awareness of foot and mouth disease and giving that and trying to raise mainstream awareness of the biosecurity risks. The online outlet, which showcases goods and services from country-based businesses, has taken to Instagram to offer Qantas an in-flight video outlining the risks of foot and mouth disease and what they pose to the agricultural sector. Now, Qantas have come out and said the carrier was unaware the buy from the bush of the buy from the bush offer, which included making uh, a video using farmers and bush locals to raise awareness of the threat of FMD to travellers. I mean, we've spoken to Grace Brennan before. We understand just how devastating foot and mouth disease would be if it arrived in Australia. But at what point is it the role of buy from the bush to raise awareness? Where are our leaders? Why are they not standing up in a time of potential crisis? This is a federal and state government disaster waiting to happen. There, as I said, this is a true story. A plane landed in Toowoomba and there was nobody there to check whatsoever 
not anyone within a cooey are from a biosecurity to check their footwear at all. Now, we know, we know that if there is in any way a spread of this, it would shut down our industry. We've seen what happened in Europe when it was there and it was a tragedy, it was a disaster and it was something that no one wants to see. The threat is real. David Littleproud can say it's 18% risk. It's more than that. We need to get on the front foot with this. We need to make sure that we have all the biosecurity measures in this country and that we make sure. The fact that the Chief Veterinary Officer has said, oh, well, we won't be checking anybody from Bali when they come off the planes because most people who come back from Bali are in thongs. Can you believe that? Most people, the Chief Veterinary Officer of Australia has said we will not be doing feet wash, foot wash for boots because the majority of people that come back from Bali are in thongs. Well, I don't know where to even begin with that. We need to make sure that Australia has a greater awareness of foot and mouth disease. We all understand it in the agricultural sector. But our friends in the metropolitan area have zero idea. And the catastrophic disaster that will be caused if one of them brings it back over and passes it on and it gets passed through will cause absolute bedlam for our agricultural sector. Now, Sean Dillon has come out and the Barcaldon Regional Council um, will be asking for approval to install appropriate warning signage at the Barcaldon Airport for returning visitors from Indonesia about foot and mouth. And they're going to be getting the council to reach out to both the state and federal governments to ascertain what local measures can be employed to ensure surveillance and detection is heightened. Now, Councillor Sean Dillon has come out and also said that the emergency allocation of funds needs to be organised in case there is an incursion. Now, speaking yesterday, I spoke with Boyd Curran in that neck of the woods. I've spoken with people in on the southern parts of Queensland. I've spoken with people out near Mount Isa, people in New South Wales in the agricultural sector and everybody is feeling the same way about this. There is no protocols whatsoever to protect the agricultural industry. As I said, I reached out yesterday to the National Agricultural Minister, Murray Watt. He said he was happy to come on this show, but he would get his media advisor to get in contact with me. We made contact yesterday afternoon with no response. We will be trying again today to get the National Agricultural Minister on to answer some questions. I also would like and implore Mark Ferner and ask what he is doing from a state level. Because at this stage, the biosecurity risk is so real, yet nobody from the state government in any way wants to be a part of this. Now, the Cattle Council of Australia President Lloyd Hicks has called for the government to implement a harsher penalty, and I I believe what Lloyd has said. Would you believe at the moment if you have a breach and don't declare where you have come from, you get a spot fine of $2,660? So if somebody's coming back from Bali, potentially they carry it and they come back and they don't declare that, that they've been where they've been, they get $2,660 spot fine. Why wouldn't you why wouldn't you be saying it's 1.1 million 10 years jail? Because that's the kind of damage that you're going to do. They could bring the industry to their knees. The government needs to become stronger with this. This threat is real. And they need to make sure that everybody is aware of it. 
It is not up to the organisation of Bite from the Bush to implement safety warnings. This is driven by the governments. The airlines need to get on board with this as well. They've been nothing but short of a disaster with the cancellation of planes and the way they've been carrying on over the last month. They need to make sure that everybody that flies from in these hotspots is going through the proper biosecurity protocols so we don't potentially have an agricultural industry that is on its knees. The devastation that foot and mouth would bring is nothing short of catastrophic and we don't need it. We don't need that drama. It can be prevented by good leadership. I'm yet to see it. This is Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Let's start with a good story. The great breed of the Drought Master. What a breed it is. Uh, CEO of the Drought Master Society is Simon Gleeson. And they've got a pretty special occasion taking place um, over the weekend of the 4th, 5th and 6th of August when the great Brisbane show kicks off. The Ecker is back again. Simon Gleeson, good morning. Great to chat. Morning, Dobbo. How are you? Really well. Firstly, mate, we're talking, obviously, it's very, very real at the moment, um, this uh, threat of foot and mouth disease. Um, obviously, as a breed and as a society, a lot of your members would be ringing and they are concerned. At what point do you guys get involved and reach out to, to the, the other members and you know the, in the political landscape just to try and see that there is some protocols coming into place? And, and how real and concerned are you? Uh, Dobbo, look, it is a real issue in the beef industry. Um, I was um, uh, living in the UK or the United Kingdom at the time uh, when the foot and mouth disease uh, outbreak occurred over there in 2001 and 2002, and the devastation that it caused was phenomenal. So I'm, I'm very aware of, of what it can do. Um, yes, we are getting calls um, from members asking, you know, is there anything that we can do as a society um, to... Um, to, to make this known to the government that, that, that we are concerned. Yeah. Um, look, the, the peak organisation for breed societies is ARCBAR, um, and I spoke to Alex McDonald yesterday about um, drafting a letter on behalf of all of the breed societies and um, outlining our concerns to the government, um, also to Ag Force and to the Cattle Council. But I'd have to say, look, the Cattle Council are doing a really good job. Yeah, they're um, at the they're forefront. Physical, Ag Force forefront. as well. Ag Force as well yeah. have been very – I spoke with Will Wilson yesterday. He's been very, very strong yeah. on this. It's just that there's a silent voice coming from the government at this moment, and that's the concerning yeah. factor. It is, and, and they, I think they really need to take this seriously because um, there's certainly a lot of concerned people. But, look, I, I would say, as I said before, Cattle Council, Ag Force are doing a really good job in keeping everyone aware of what's going on. Your breed has gone from strength to strength year on year, and – We've got an amazing celebration coming on um, this year. Sixty years of the Drought Master breed in Australia—quite a phenomenal story. Oh, it is, Dobbo. Yeah, when you—you uh, you know, we're only looking back through a lot of the history because we're planning a, a fairly uh, significant event around the Ecotone, as you've alluded to. But um, you know, the society was formed at an annual general meeting on the third of July. Um, at the Queen's Hotel in Townsville in 1962. And, you know, from that time to, to where we are now, I mean, there's been a lot of blood, sweat and tears go into the organisation and also into the breed to, to make it what it is today. And, you know, we're, we're probably probably the best place we've been in a long time in terms of breed and, and a membership organisation. And um, 
yeah, it's next time to celebrate. And um, and I've, there's a number of members and and obviously people who work in the in the organisation that are very proud of where the, the organ where where the breed's gone. What what do you think? I mean, to me, it, it, it's been one of the, it's been one of the great success stories, um, the Droughtmaster breed, and and they're so adaptable in any market, and we've seen that, and we've seen them stand up at any in any carcass comp, in any competition. The Droughtmaster breed has really stood up. Why do you think that they've stood the test of time? Because a lot of breeds have come and gone. There was traditional breeds of British breeds that you know, have been and they went out of fashion and they're back. But the Droughtmaster breed has just gone from strength to strength to strength to strength. And it's quite a significant, you know, celebration, 60 years. But, you, you know, we won't be here. But in another 60 years, you know, we, we, we're we sure as they'll be celebrating, you know, the 120-year the anniversary because of just what this industry and what this breed has brought to the industry. Yeah, look, I think there's a number of things, and you you sort of hit the nail on the head. Is is their suitability and adaptability to to multi market? Um, that's one um, from a, from a beast perspective. This year, we've we've really heavily promoted the dratty female and the benefits of having her. I mean, she's adaptable. You know, she's Beautiful. a good mother. Yeah, yeah can, um, you know, great for cross breeding. Um, you know, suits a number of different environments, and that that just stood the test of time. You know, I mean. She's, she's just a great female. And look, you know, the bulls that we're selling now, you know, at, at sales are just ideal for commercial operations. And we're seeing, you know, most of us, our bull sales are, our bulls are being bought by sort of 80 to 90% of commercial operators. So they are obviously seeing the benefits in, you know, in, in, in their commercial enterprises to, to buy these bulls. And, and the prices that they're paying, have, you know, have really increased over the last couple of years in particular. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting situation because it's a breed that, you know, it had its critics early on, but you can only say so much. The results just proved time and time again. Big weekend oh, um, big weekend for you guys at the ECA. I, I'd like to step through it. Obviously a conference and then there's a celebration on the Friday night, the 5th of August, um, the 60-year anniversary ball and it's going to be an unbelievable night. Still some tickets available, but it's a whole weekend that the Drought Master Breed and Society is making of the whole of the ECA, um, and it, it's going to incorporate a race meeting as well. Yeah, that's right, Tobo. It's, um, yeah, so we're having a conference um, on the morning of the 5th of August um, at Ridges Hotel, um, and it's open to our membership, um, and we've got a number of guest speakers speaking on key industry topics. Um, and then that will be followed by a dinner at uh, Victoria Park Golf Club, um, and that's a celebration of the breed. And we've got you know some some really um, key speakers lined up for that, and it'll be a very, really entertaining night. Um, and we're really looking forward to it. And then we do have a few people who enjoy a, a day at the races. So on the Saturday, if anyone's interested, there'll be um, a, a day at the races for for people who want to attend. So talk to me, how do people get involved? Obviously there'll be people listening who were aware, they haven't got their um, they haven't got their RSVPs in yet or, you know, they've forgotten about it. How do people get in contact to book a seat, book a table for the conference and the dinner? Remembering the ECA officially opens on the Saturday, but judging will be the Thursday and the Friday of that week, the fourth and fifth. So how do people go about getting involved and getting in contact with you to book a seat? or to uh, book a place at the conference? 
Dobbo, all they have to do is contact the office um, and and we'll um, we'll certainly help them out and um, sort out tickets for them. So it's, it's very simple, Just or, or they could jump on our website and get the details from there as well. Perfect. So go onto the Droughtmaster website or ring the office. You can get in there and, look, I strongly recommend this breed has done wonderful things and, look, you, you've been a big supporter of the beef industry, the Droughtmaster breed, and a lot of people listening today, they can thank the droughty cow. I tell you what, because she's done a phenomenal job uh, in Queensland. Uh, that is the fourth, judging is on the fourth, conference on the fifth in the morning and the 60-year anniversary dinner at Victoria Park on that evening, the 5th of August, and then the races the next day. Simon Gleeson, great to chat. Look forward to catching up with you over that. I strongly implore people to get involved and make sure that they get their place. It's worth celebrating 60 years of the Drought Master Breed. Thanks for being with us this morning. Thanks, Dobbo. Appreciate it. Good on you. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. A little earlier, you heard me talk about just the real threat of foot and mouth disease. Lachlan Miller, uh, the member for Gregory, joins us this morning. Lachlan, it's very real and we are hearing nothing from a state level. Murray, what, the National Agricultural Minister, yes, he's made some statements, but the action hasn't been forthcoming. Good morning. This is such a concern. Mate, it's a huge concern and if we get foot and mouth disease in Queensland, as you know, as anybody else, mate, our multi-billion dollar cattle industry is going to stop in its tracks. My concern is that Mark Berner knows that this is a huge issue. He needs to be on the phone to Murray White, making sure they have plans in place. Um, Mark Berner needs to have the cattle industry round table together right now, working through solutions, scenarios. We need to have guarantees. Uh, prevention. From the Indonesian- yeah, yes, do. prevention. We need, to have, uh, we need to have guarantees from the Indonesian government, uh, especially at Bali, you know, where Tourists are coming back that, you know, they're not bringing back their footwear. That they're leaving. We've got the necessary precautions in place at the Brisbane International Airport, making sure that we have the necessary requirements of, of making sure that they've got the disinfectant, that, uh, you know, we're encouraging people to leave their shoes in Bali if they go up to Bali, and making sure we give confidence to the industry. Well, the, the thing that's concerning me, I got a phone call yesterday, and I said this at the top of the show, where planes are landing back in Toowoomba from Bali in Indonesia – and there is no biosecurity there whatsoever. People are walking out, getting through, and straight out. Nothing. As of Sunday. Now, surely there's got to be something put in place. The, the chief veterinary officer made a statement that, oh, we don't need to check shoes and do a foot wash because everybody coming back from Bali is in thongs. Now, this is just not good enough. <laughs> this is not good enough. This is the chief veterinary officer that's made this statement. And well, it's, th- bloody, it's ridiculous, mate. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, we're not talking about uh, – what we're talking about is a multi-billion dollar industry that will be devastated for well over a couple of years if we get foot and mouth back here or if we get foot and mouth in Queensland. Now, I went through the uh, the BJD days in 2012 to 2015, bovine Yonis disease. Right. Now, that's nowhere as serious as the foot and mouth, but – it really did rock the, the you know the cattle industry, mate. And uh, you know we tried to contain it, but it, it just wasn't being able to be contained. But we cannot allow foot and mouth uh, here in Queensland, here in Australia. Now I always thought, and this is I've always had this fear with foot and mouth that it was going to come through a tourism spot like Bali. It, it was possibly going to be that was the scenario. I didn't ever think foot and mouth would get over the Torres Strait and come through the islands and down the Cape. I always thought this was the scenario where we'd have a tourist, uh, uh, someone goes over to Bali, comes back, 
And you know where the outbreak will start? It won't start in the Cape. It won't start in central Queensland. It's likely to start at a hobby farm in Sanford or in you know southeast Queensland. Um, and we've got a lot of uh, there, there are a lot of cattle down there, small um, you know small holdings. But uh, they have no idea. But the people, this is the problem. If you go west of Toowoomba, everybody, even even if you get into the the Lockyer Valley, scenic rim, people understand it. But the metropolitan areas of southeast don't have any idea. And if they're the ones that where everybody's holidaying and they're the ones that are coming back, if they bring it back in and they bring our industry to the knees, then we've got a real problem on our hands. Oh, my, we have. And, and that's the thing. I mean, um, you know, certainly, you know, we've got our biosecurity plans out here, mate, and we're aware of that. I was obviously listening to Will Wilson from AdForce and, you know, stressing the point of bringing out your biosecurity plans, have a refresh, look at them again. This is serious. This is the – once it gets here, there's no going back. So this is serious. We need to get everything in place now and make sure that uh, we do everything right. But what we do need is Mark Ferner, the State Ag Minister, to uh, make sure that he's on top of this and demanding that we have disinfected prevention areas uh, at the airport and, and talking to the Indonesian government, especially in Bali, about uh, making sure that we have the disinfectants and, and, and the approaches there before they even get on the plane. Well, I can tell you there's some unbelievable um, there's some unbelievable situations and the scenario, if it does get in here, is not great. We will be keeping everybody honest on this show regarding – now – Yourself and Deb Frecklington are going west today. You'll be in Barkey, Longreach and Winton to look at water infrastructure projects and other infrastructure projects. So important, your area and your region, to continue to have the growth that you've been having for some time. Oh, absolutely. And look, agriculture at the moment, our our way is going okay. You know, we've got uh, some, you know, obviously good grass growth and, uh, you know, uh, obviously great opportunity with that rain we had with wheat crops around here. But we need to look at water infrastructure right across central Queensland. Um, and that includes, uh, you know, uh, looking at infrastructure opportunities in western Queensland where we're providing towns with good quality water, um, an opportunity for, uh, you know, up in Winton, we're going to Winton to have a look at an opportunity up there where there may be need, we need to find some water infrastructure for some town water opportunities there, mate. So it's just getting Deb out here, having a look around and talking to the mayor. So we're meeting with Sean Dillon, the mayor of Barcall, and obviously Tony Rayner Longridge, and of course uh, Gavin and Winton at the Wintonshire Council, mate, and meeting with winter, uh, mayors, councillors and CEOs and just, you know, getting getting the what we need from the ground up and, and, and trying to push that through. Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal. And, and look, I mean, all those mayors are doing phenomenal jobs and, and the fact is that you're very blessed that you've got some of these leaders who are running their shires the way they are doing it. Now, listen, great news story. Obviously, tomorrow night is State of Origin and we all know Forex have got this a great initiative where they represent the postcodes. Now, in game, game two, all the players had the postcodes that they're from. Well, Game 3, 4X have got postcodes of regional representation. So, Caelan Ponga, on the side of his jersey, will be wearing the Barcaldon 4725. Selwyn Cobbo will have Toowoomba 4350. Dane Gagai will have Winton 4735. Oatsy, the big Corey Oates, he'll have Atherton at 4883. Tommy Dearden, where he comes from, Mackay 4740. Jaylee Cherry Evans will have Gladstone 4680. Lindsay Collins Wandowan 4419. Ben Hunt will have Ingham 4850. Kurt Capewell will have Innisvale 4860. Jeremiah Nanai uh, 4744. That's Moorumbah. 
Tino. Well, Roma, four four five five. Harry Grant will have Mount Isa at four eight two five. Joy Arrow Warwick where they went four seven three four three seven zero. Uh, Tommy Flegler, Normington, 4890, and Bo Firma will wear Dolby, 4450. Great news story. Well done to 4X, isn't it, that representation, that it's a state-based side and that everybody um, will be wearing a different postcode knowing that they are playing for those people. Oh, mate, it's a great idea, and it just shows you how important regional Queensland is to, you know, the origin to Queensland, you know, to Queensland origin, mate. We've got a lot of these players that do come from regional Queensland and, and, and you know, uh, showing some respect to, to the regions is fantastic. We're all getting excited about this, obviously, mate. It's going to be a tough game, but, you know, we've got a lot of pride here in Queensland and, uh, mate, let's just hope that the boys wear those jerseys with pride. I know they will, and, and representing regional Queensland is a great idea. Yeah, it certainly is. Hey, have fun the next couple of days out in your your neck of the woods looking at infrastructure and let's keep these guys honest on this foot and mouth disease. It's such an important issue at this moment. Really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much for being with us. No worries, Dobby. Thank you, mate. Good on you. There we have it, Lachlan Miller, and he is questioning where is Mark Ferner? He has not been seen about this. Why is the state government not doing their bit in this battle to combat foot and mouth disease? Great question. This is Rural Queensland Today. Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. It is Tuesday morning, the 12th of July, and a great festival um, is taking place. The Tara Festival of Culture and Camel Races uh, is taking place on the 29th to the 31st of July in Tara. Kerry Kelly is their president. She joins us this morning. Well, Tara, it needs a shot in the arm, and this is one, um, this kind of festival that will draw a lot of people there and a big, big weekend and celebration. Yeah, g'day. How are you going? Not bad yeah, at all. With only... Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, so 17 days to go, so we're pretty excited about that. We can't wait to see everybody. Uh, we've been planning this, you know, for the past 18 months or so now, and we're just down to the nitty-gritty stuff now, so... Um, We've already booked in more than 1,600 camping sites, which is just amazing. Huge, yep. Yeah. Um, there's still more available, of course, um, if you want to come and join the fun. But we do encourage you to um, book, you know, as soon as possible as, you know, before the festival weekend um, because we're already past our number of tickets we pre-sold for the last festival. Yeah, so you can definitely be guaranteed you're going to – it's going to be a big year this year. Yeah, lots um, of entertainment, food, experience. Yeah. And, look, two days of camel racing, 1,600 people already booked in campsites and Australia's yeah. top camel jockeys battling it out for the Tara Camel Cup. Am I right in saying there's barefoot bowls, there's markets, there's, you know, yabby races? There, there is a <laughs> lot more going on than just the camel oh, races. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mate. It's – um. It's um it's an unusual mix of camels, culture and camping. We've got um we've also got German performers coming, we've got Korean, um, Latin, Polynesian, yeah, and there's so much more. It's just full on for like the two and a half days. It um starts from the Friday night, so and then goes through to Sunday afternoon. And um oh and you know, and yeah, just so much entertainment. It's going to blow you away. And all the food, there's, there's, yeah, you won't go hungry, we hope. <laughs> so 
So how many people do you expect, honestly, I know you've got 1,600, but what are you catering for numbers-wise? Uh, well, I think with the previous one um, back in 2019, um, I think there was roughly about 10,000 people through the gate over the weekend. Wow. That was, um, yeah. So, yeah, no, we, we're catering for a big crowd. So um, I think... Um, Rain prevails. We, um, yeah, didn't keep anyone away, we hope. Yeah, well, that's great. Uh, if you want to get involved, tarafestival.com.au, go and have a look. Um, do you need to book pre-book tickets or no, it's it, it's very much you can just turn up on the day? Yeah, um, so you need to pre-book your camping tickets yep. and your camping tickets include your entry passes. Yep. Um, but, yeah, if you're just coming – Without camping, yeah, you can you can come and pay on the day. Um, we have um, EPOS facilities um, this year, more of those around the ground this year too. So, um, yeah, so there shouldn't be a drama with um, you know getting through the getting through things pretty quickly. No, awesome. Really appreciate yeah. your time. Um, Tarafestival.com.au. Best of luck for the 29th and the 31st in July. Thank you. Great to, great to chat. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. You too. Thanks. Bye. Rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Well, something going on regionally. It's not camp drafting. It's the Outback Queensland Golf Masters, and it's been on. Uh, Golf Operations and State Senior Manager for Queensland at Golf Australia is Luke Bates. He's been on the show before. Luke, good morning. How are you, mate? Yeah, good morning, Dollar. Going well, thanks. How's it been so far? You couldn't have got a colder winter to be playing in the <laughs> Outback. I, look, I, I mean, I don't want to wish, but it has been bloody freezing. So you've already been to Roma. You've been to Tambo, Barcalder and then Winton. I went in last weekend and I see just a successful weekend it was. And there's been just an awesome, awesome um, lot of, I suppose, competitors, they've travelled from everywhere to be a part of this, and this is now a, a thing you can't miss. It's like the birds or races. It's like yeah. it's like everything. It, it, is, it is a date on a calendar where you just have to be a part of it, and people are building their whole holidays around it. That's it. It's um, it's just great to watch, and it's, it's great to see all these like-minded people coming out to Outback Queensland and uh, just loving the golf. And, you know, on top of that, they're just loving the friendships they're making. Uh, we're seeing people who have played a couple of years uh, and they, they're coming back and meeting old friends and catching up and, and having a great time. And, I mean, as you say, they're, they're enjoying these uh, towns and, you know, uh, each one of them so unique and there's, there's so much to enjoy. So, uh, yeah, lots of fun being had. Uh, we've had a bit of everything. It got a bit chilly, certainly, out at uh, Winton, but uh, as you know, they're like the, the sunsets and the sunrises though were just unbelievable. What we were um, seeing out there was just taking our breath away. And I mean, it was interesting. Even you know, I think most people could probably relate to this. We had a little bit of rain out of Bar Cordon, and um, there was a, a couple of little puddles on the course. But you know, the, the show didn't stop, and the, the scores were still great. So um, no, it's going really well. Thanks. I, I don't want to whinge about the weather and golf courses, but my golf course, <laughs> uh, Brookwater, and it, it, it has been just decimated by the rain. And yeah, just yeah. every single golf course. In, in Queensland, 
You, you're a yeah. greenkeeper. It's been the worst year you could possibly ever. Oh, like, mate, yeah. the, and no I don't want—I don't want to talk about poor old greenskeepers because I mean, <laughs> but they've had a real wretched time this year trying to maintain they golf have. courses. Um, yeah, and and but that's the beauty though. Well, uh, you know, they certainly have, and it's been tough. But the the beauty of this and the outback was that they kept on playing, and so yeah. I think that just shows how um, you know some of these courses how how resilient they are to the weather they've got to put up with. Yeah, and um, it was great they got out there, but um. Yeah, you wouldn't recognise Winton Golf Course, uh, how green it was this weekend, just gone. It was unbelievable. Talk to me about this weekend, though. Mount Isa. Um, it's the Mount Isa leg, 16th, 17th. Yep. Um, big, big, big challenge, isn't it, um, for this weekend? How many competitors yeah. do we have at Mount Isa? Yeah, we've got about 150 heading out there, plus all their uh, friends and the rest. So, uh, you know, we'll get up to around 250 for the, the entertainment and dinner on the Saturday night. So, uh it's a it's a great golf course, at Mount Isa. We were there in 2019 for the big finale, so it's great to get back there. And we're um, back on the grass green, so we've had three courses in a row um, after Roma there, which have been sand greens. So the players have just probably figured out the art of how to do their scrapes and everything on the sand greens, and then they get the nice, lick, uh, quick greens at Mount Isa. So uh, yeah, can't wait to get out there. It's a really great golf course in, in amongst the hills, and um, you know, just a, the great vegetation out there so it's going to be a great weekend plenty to do in town and um you know we've got ten thousand dollars up for grabs there with the hole in one so uh, there the is that challenge there is, 10. there yeah. is a ten there is a ten thousand dollars it's different to your million dollar challenge that you had last year Correct. but but you can't have that every year and and oh, obviously no we're doing the million dollars in birdsville birdsville the you following are doing weekend. It. oh yes, there yes, is yes. the million dollars in birdsville that's the 22nd yes. 24th of july so birdsville Correct. will be where there's a million dollars up for grabs that's it. And we're playing Birdsville Dunes Golf Course, the first time it's been played uh, in an in a 18-hole format. They've got a brand-new back nine out there. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be amazing out there. Uh, we, we can't wait to get out there. There's not one bit of grass in there. Not one <laughs> bit of – am I right in saying that? There's not one bit of grass at that, at that, at that golf course at Birdsville. Well, no, not not through the fairways and things like that. They've certainly got vegetation, and uh, you know the, the sand type of um, fairways really, uh, you know, snake through the vegetation. But yeah, when, when you're on the fairway, um, yeah, there's no grass. So, how, what do they tee up, or do they have to play it <laughs> off the do. sand? Or they tee up no, the whole time. No, we tee up. Yeah, it, it, it's it's one of the beauties of the event, and I think that's why it's so popular with all levels of golfer. Whether you're uh, a member at a club and you play every week, or if you you know maybe just hit balls at the driving range and uh, you just want to go out and see what golf's like at an event-wise. Yeah, every event we do, you've got the option of teeing up or preferred lie. Um, and then it's only nine holes as well each day. So it's a, it's a great format to, to get into. And, you know, the, the beauty of the nine holes is you can finish off and have a couple of drinks afterwards and, and enjoy the, the hospitality of the town as well. Yeah, very much so. Something Now, listen, there's been lots of entertainment on the tour as well. Adam Harvey, Bob Pacey. Yeah. Julie Lee Goodwin and Glenn Archer and and, and and Jack Drake. There's been so much entertainment. That comes hand in hand with what you guys are trying to create with the Queensland Outback Masters. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's all part of it. It's all about the experience. And uh, each time the entertainment is, is under the Milky Way, it's dinner under the stars. So, uh, you know, and, and people get rugged up for that because it does get a little bit chilly. But 
people just love it. I mean, the best way to stop uh, getting cold is to get up and dance, and um, that's what a lot of the players do. So it's it's great. We put on a great feed. Um, every event's got uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner included. So uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a great experience with that. And I mean, the other beauty of getting to Birdsville, uh, and it's getting much anticipated, as you noted there before. People are registering with us. Uh, is when we announce the schedule for 2023. Right. So uh, that'll go live on the Sunday, the uh, the 24th there of July, and you can register on our website at outbackqldmasters.com and, um, you know, get the email and updates of when that's going to happen. And, uh, yeah, we, we can't wait to... People are trying to guess, I guess, uh, on uh, where the schedule's going to go next year. It's all under wraps and they're all confidential, but uh, we're pretty wrapped with what we've got and we can't wait to share it with everyone. Well, there'll be no doubt that it will be absolutely cracking and I think this is a fantastic <laughs> initiative. Thanks so much for being with us. This weekend, they are in Mount Isa and then the That's Million good. Dollar Birdsville Hole in One Challenge on the 22nd, 24th. There's a $10,000 Hole in One Challenge this weekend. Uh, in Mount Isa, but the million dollars will go off 22nd to 24th um, if there's somebody who is lucky enough to get a hole in one uh, at the Birdsville, and then obviously they'll announce what their 2023 uh, series looks like. It is a great series, a great initiative, and one that I know that we've been hugely uh, supportive of. Great to talk to you, Luke. Um, Mate, I hope you have a good weekend in Mount Isa. You'll be getting tired of the travel and rug up this weekend, mate. I uh, will do. No, thank you. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, people are yeah, they just can't wait to, to finish it off and uh, yeah, have that crack at a million dollars. And uh, no, thank you. We'll, we'll have to get you out there soon. Mate, Dolo. Look forward happen. to you having a crack at the million. Oh well, I don't know how I'd go there, but I'd love to be a part of it at some stage. Good on you, mate. Thanks no, for chat. Time. Cheers. Okay. Bye right now. Rural Queensland today. Great story. This is Rural Queensland today. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today. Have a great Tuesday, Queensland. We're back tomorrow, same time, same place. Ray Hadley joins you next. Stay safe and remember when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. We'll see you tomorrow from 9.